0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producers are Patrick Antonetti and Sean Cherry. Today's show I am psyched about. It, uh, It was such a blast to do this. Conrad Thompson, the host of six immensely popular wrestling podcasts Something in a Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, The Kurt Angle Show, The Arn Show with Arn Anderson, and of course, and the reason we are here, Grilling and JR with Jim Ross. Jim Ross, of course, is one of the iconic voices in the history of professional wrestling. He currently calls All Elite Wrestling a W on TNT. Senior advisor also with that promotion, best-selling author. Also head to jrbbq.com if you want some great uh, ketchup and mustard. This podcast is about grilling JR. And the the larger point is how do you create a successful podcast? As Conrad and Jim have done, 200,000 downloads these guys are getting. It's always in the top 100 for sports podcasts when it comes to the Apple charts. And so we go really deep on how this podcast started, how they grew it, And what are the things that you, as a non-wrestling podcast, can learn from Conrad and JR in terms of growing your own brand and growing your own content? I learned a ton. It was a totally fascinating conversation for me. And so uh, let's head to it. Conrad Thompson and Jim Ross on the Sports Media Podcast. All right. As I said at the top, um, I'll give the promos again. Uh, And nobody does promos better than these two guys. Conrad Thompson is the host of six immensely popular wrestling podcasts. Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, What Happened When, with Tony Schiavone, Grilling JR with Jim Ross, the subject of this podcast, The Kurt Angle Show, and The Arn Show. I remember interviewing podcasts way back when, before he became the podfather, entrepreneur that he is now. It's great to see his success. Uh, Jim Ross is one of the most iconic voices in the history of professional wrestling. I don't really need to give his resume if you are uh, any kind of fan of pro wrestling. He currently calls All Elite Wrestling a W on TNT every Wednesday and is also a senior advisor with that promotion. He's also a best selling author. Check out his books on Amazon. And if you enjoy uh, barbecue sauce, chipotle, ketchup, or main event mustard, head to jrsbbq.com. Conrad and Jim. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Sports Media Podcast.
1: Glad to be with you, Richard. We appreciate the time, and uh, hopefully we won't screw your show up too bad.
0: <laughs> Just put me over as much as you can, Jim. I appreciate
1: that. Uh, of course. You got a push coming. God damn it.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm going to direct it to each of you guys. But as I told Conrad, um, and I think he passed this on to you, Jim, the reason I wanted to do this is I find it really interesting like how one goes about Starting a podcast and then the growth and finding success in that podcast. And obviously you and Conrad had success before your partnership, but that's the focus on this. And it's sort of how Grilling Jr became um became you know one of the top hundred most popular podcasts in, in the US in sports and recreation. So Conrad, let me start with you here. Um when did you first meet Jim? And if you could take us up to the point where you conceptually discussed doing a podcast with him.
2: I think I first met Jim in 2013 at cauliflower alley reunion. And, um, we both sort of knew each other one degree separated from Ric Flair. And I guess maybe in 2016, we both happened to be at Wally mania at WrestleMania weekend. And when, when Bruce and I were called up on the stage, I wound up seated next to Jim And Jim leaned over and said, you know, one of these days, me and you are going to do a podcast to make some real money. (laughs) And, uh, fast forward when Bruce got re-signed by Vince and went back, I thought, well, I don't know what this means for something to wrestle, but if I have an extra day to do a podcast, I know who to call. Uh, so I, uh, reached out to JR by text and to my surprise, he was receptive. We had a conversation and Westwood one was with it and here we are.
0: So, Jr., I want you to pick up the story there. What were your impressions of Conrad when when you first interacted with him? And then what was the impetus in your mind to sort of say, hey, I I think if me and this guy do business together, we could do something great?
1: Well, I knew we both liked fried food. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, no, Conrad, I I love being around entrepreneurs and people that are bold enough to try new things. Uh, And Conrad had a great uh, idea. Uh, with this network, uh, that I'm fully invested in. Uh, I really enjoy working with him. Uh, he does all the heavy lifting, quite frankly, and, uh, he's the booker, he's the boss. So, and I really uh, appreciate that quite frankly. So, uh, but he just, you know, the, everything he did was, was very professional. The, you know, Dave Silva doing the graphics and they always caught my eye and it pissed me off sometimes because, I didn't have that support mechanism. I didn't have that team, that infrastructure behind me. At that point in time, I knew I enjoyed doing podcasting and talking to the fans, et cetera, et cetera, and interviewing talent. And that's how the format worked at that time. So, uh, I really admired his entrepreneurial skills and the fact that he had a gift for, for marketing and promoting his brand. Now I didn't know at the time, uh, when we first started talking about this that he was going to basically cover every day ending and why, uh, but I, 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 I applauded, you know, I, I, it's a new venture and it was, and I, I just thought it was uh, he just did a hell of a job and I liked him. We Conrad and I have good chemistry. It's not fake. It's not phony. We don't rehearse. We just shoot the breeze and, and, uh, on topics that he selects. So, uh, I, it was, I, I, I felt good about the relationship from the beginning. And uh, since then, you know, our show has grown uh, exponentially. You know, we, we're doing real well. I'm happy to say. I'm not bragging about it, but I am. I kind of am bragging about it. You know, we work our ass off to promote it, and and uh, the fans like what we do. And Conrad and I are both uh, brutally honest. And uh, you know, a- every, after every show drops on Thursdays, we you see, you know, within hours, uh, some some uh, wrestling website using our what we say sound bites to get clicks. So we knew that we had something rolling there that interested the most, uh, uh discerning fan. So it's been a real good combination. And I, I'd like to think we're getting better. We, as we just were recorded this today with you, Richard, we, we did this week's show. Uh, so, you know, we're staying busy all the time and I, I love it. You know, I love the interacting with Conrad and he's become one of my best friends. And so that's really the the secret to our relationship. There's no ego issues. Conrad knows I have a big ego.
2: <laughs> we just go along with it.
0: <laughs> Conrad, um, I remember when you uh, you've been a guest on this podcast. I think three times, uh, maybe I'm maybe it's four, maybe it's three. And I remember um, you telling me. I always sort of keyed in my head when, and I think we were just talking about like something to wrestle with or the Tony podcast. And you sort of called out and said, "I really think." that the podcast with JR can ultimately turn into the biggest podcast. Yeah. And, you know, you you sort of called that shot a little bit. And so that gets into expectations. And I wonder, like, from the beginning, um, what were your expectations for grilling JR? And why, at least before you even got rolling, did you think, hey, this, with all the success I've had with Bruce, like, this really could be the big one?
2: Well, you know, Bruce was a television character in the late eighties, but most of his quote unquote run was behind the scenes. So you had to be really on the inside of wrestling. I mean, you had to be in a, a newsletter reader to know what Bruce's contributions to wrestling were behind the scenes. Whereas Jr man, he's Americana. I mean, he's the voice of wrestling. He's he's apple pie and hot dogs and ice cream and all that good stuff that we enjoy. If you, if you enjoyed wrestling in your lifetime and you're hearing this, probably grew up listening to Jim Ross. And I just thought that familiarity uh, would be a hit. And I knew that advertisers would like it. And let's not forget the fact that because he was a public figure in the social media age, you know, when I started with Bruce, Bruce probably had 15,000 Twitter followers, Jr probably had a million and a half. So as far as getting the word out there, Jr. already had that built in. He had credibility with the audience. He had a relationship with the audience. And the key to sales, as you know, is you've got to know, like, and trust the person. Well, they knew, liked, and trusted Jim Ross. So it would be a no brainer. They would try it. And I knew that he and I together, with me sort of teeing him up, I'll be Stockton, he'll be Malone. We'll score a lot of points with the audience. And I think we have.
0: <laughs> nice. Good, good, good NBA uh, reference there, Conrad. JR, did you, what were your expectations heading in? And how did those expectations ultimately, um, turn out to what what has obviously been a success? Like, did you have these kind of expectations or has this superseded even what you might have imagined?
1: Well, uh, you know, you you base a lot of things, Richard, on uh, productivity. Uh, Are you you making any money? Uh, It could be quite blunt about it. And I didn't really know what to expect because I didn't have any, you know, I knew Bruce's podcast and rightfully so was doing very well. Uh, Conrad, Conrad was... Becoming better and better at uh, leading the way, being the point guard, if you will, one of the larger point guards in the game. By the way, <laughs> get the big man to the low block.
0: Hey, Magic uh, was a six-nine point guard, Jim. <laughs> you know, it can be done.
1: Yeah, it can be done. But <laughs> Conrad just kept getting better and better at his game. And but I didn't know what those guys were making. Uh, you know, I, I it was strictly uh, speculation. Uh, I believed in Conrad's concepts. And I believe that he was the guy to to take me to another level of podcasting that I had previously not experienced. You know, I would never got into the podcast business if it hadn't been for Stone Cold because he kept saying, "Man, you'll be great. This you this you you got to get in podcasting. You got to get in podcasting." So I kind of followed Austin's lead, did a solo show, but it was not nearly as much fun as this one. You know, Conrad and I don't have to worry about guests. We know that he's going to be on spot on time. I know he knows I am as well, but, uh, it, it's just, there was just a chemistry there, so I didn't know what to expect, but I thought my gut told me if you play your cards, right, Jr., and you deliver the goods of Conrad, and there's no reason you shouldn't and you can't, like he said, the first couple of times we met, you know, we were, you know, we, we could realize at that point, there's some chem- chemistry there and I've had that, uh, been lucky enough in my career with my broadcasting partners, you can feel that right away. It's either there or it isn't. That's why Lawler and I were so successful all those years. We, we liked each other. We get along we had some of the same interests, same age group, even though he's considerably older than I, uh, no kidding. He's a little older, but, uh, I, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. And, and I trusted Conrad's judgment and I'm glad that he trusted mine. So through our mutual efforts in his infrastructure, with his staff, you know, I get great notes on the topics. We're going to discuss that Conrad has his guys prepare for us and it gives us a roadmap, it's not a script, but it gives us a roadmap of where we're going to travel on a particular show. So I just believe that Conrad was going to deliver the goods and he has. And, you know, here in the last few months, our, our business has been phenomenal. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I never believed it would be this successful. Thanks to Conrad and his group, we are.
0: And uh, it's just worth before the, the point of uh, point of order that uh, Jim did do a podcast or uh, solo podcast prior to uh, uh, linking up with Conrad. You can certainly just uh, go on Google, go on your Google machine, as Conrad would say, and you'll uh, you'll find that there. <laughs> um, Conrad, the first Grilling Jr. was published on May second, twenty nineteen, and the topics were leaving WCW for WWE, and then you guys did the curtain call. I think one of the reasons why the podcast has been very successful is that the topics that you hit, I think are really of interest for the listeners, but you know, this from your other podcasts, like you do got to get some momentum and you do got to, you do got to start, I feel like with something great so that people stick around. So how did you go about determining what content areas to start with, uh, on Jr.
2: I mean, I know it sounds funny, funny, but I, you know, a lot of guys who have podcasts in this space are people who've been in the business forever and ever, but I'm still just a fan. Like I've never worked for a major wrestling promotion and have no aspirations of doing so and still catch every show I can. So I just ask myself, Hey, what, what do I want to hear about? And w- whenever we've launched a new show, I try to start with that same methodology let's get four five or six hits out there that I know everybody wants to hear that everybody will talk about. And how do I know that everybody will? Because I do. So I just ask myself, what topics do I want to do? And I try to be mindful of anniversaries because, you know, as a guest driven format, it can be challenging sometimes to come up with, in our case, we'd have to come up with more than 52 new shows a year because we do bonus shows. So I'm looking at the short-term and the long-term. So if I know there is a major 25 year anniversary coming up three months from now. I'm not going to do it now. I'll hold that in my back pocket, but when you first start a show, you, you don't really care about that as much because you just need some traction. And w- my most recent launch was with Kurt angle and we covered a lot of WrestleMania topics right up front. And we did that in February instead of in March or April, where we might normally that's quote unquote WrestleMania season, because I knew that's what people were going to be talking about in the coming weeks. What are they doing for WrestleMania? Why not throw that in the mix? So I just ask myself, what do I want to hear as a fan? And then we go with that.
0: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H track, all wheel drive and three row seating. My whole family can head deep into the wild, conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm going to stick with you, Conrad, and then I'll get Jim to sort of uh, add on to this. Um, Can you take my listeners through your preparation for uh, the show with JR and go as specific as you can in terms of, you know, how do you go about doing it? How many pages of notes do you then send the notes to Jim? Do you have a pre-show process? What's all that like prior to hitting the record, button?
2: the most challenging piece is scheduling them all because uh, I don't just have the show with Jr. I've got five others. And so I've going to have to map out a whole year. So as I'm talking to you now, I've got a, a Google sheet pulled up. It's a shared document with all the hosts and the rest of my staff. And there's little tabs at the bottom for all six shows. And, uh, we just have different columns. When will it air? What's the topic? Uh, who's doing the notes. Do we have them yet? Do we have the cover art and why are we covering it? Like, why is this topical? Uh, and so once we map out the whole schedule for the entire year, then it's just a function of checking those boxes. I've got two folks who work with me on our research team. Uh, Chris and Derek do a great job organizing the notes. And that too, is a Google sheet that's shared with everyone with the idea being, they're going to take a look at, uh, what happened leading into this pay-per-view if it's a show event or if it's a career profile know what their whole life story is and so they would look at old interviews what's called in the wrestling community a shoot interview or any books that were written about the subject or certainly autobiographies but there's usually some sort of dvd or or video file out there that's a companion piece about their life story you compile all of that and then you go with two insider trade journals known as the wrestling observer and the pro wrestling torch and you essentially just create a data dump it's a copy paste job that Maybe starts at 80 pages and gets whittled down to 12 to 19 pages. And then we start to develop a format of not just here's all the information, but how do we craft it in a way where it becomes notes for a real interview? We don't just want to read match results. We need to come to a point and then throw to JR, giving that old basketball analogy again. I've got to be Stockton. I've got to get the ball to Malone here. How can I position JR best to tell a story about this major moment or incident or? circumstance that happened in their life story or that particular event. And then Dave Silva will know what the topic is and he'll try to take a look and see what his creative juices can come up with. And he'll come up with a funny graphic for us to use and promote on social. We have individual social channels for every show. So we'll mine uh, listeners for questions. So at the end of our regular show, we have a chance for our listeners to ask questions and that boosts our engagement there, of course, obviously as well and uh then we'll try to schedule a time to record and we'll usually do a zoom and we have a producer record it and he'll slide in graphics and photos that are relative to what we're talking about and we'll offer an ad free version of our show with video and some graphic support and put that behind a paywall and they'll get that show early and ad free on a giant patreon that we've called adfreeshows.com which is really just a vanity url that redirects traffic to a patreon but then it actually drops on all the major podcast platforms a few or maybe several days later, but that will be with ads inserted. And, uh, then we wait 30 days, get paid and rent slather repeat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's uh, th- th- there's a lot there that people who listen to this podcast can use. And now I'm just uh, depressed as hell, given how little I actually do compared to you, Conrad. (laughs) Um, Jim. So here's the thing that's really fascinating to me, Jim. You lived all this stuff. Like Conrad's asking you stuff about things that you like. You were in the arena. You were dealing with talent. But like, here's the reality for any of us. I don't remember what I was doing on October fourth, nineteen ninety six. So like, I have no idea on earth how 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 you could recall stuff. Um, from a certain date. So Conrad does give you the notes. So I'm really curious, Jim, like, will you pre-watch anything just to get into the headspace of where you were? How does it work for you? Because even with all this, uh, you know, even with all this research, it's, you know, it's not easy to remember, you know, one singular show that you did 25 years ago, given the tens of thousands of shows that you've worked on.
1: Yeah. You you have to use muscle memory a lot, quite frankly, but I'll go back and watch. Uh, I'll skim through. If we're going to talk about a pay per view, like we got, uh, we're going to talk about. Uh, I think uh, WrestleMania 2000 coming up, which should be a phenomenal show because it was an amazing uh, event. WrestleMania 20 there was so much significance for a lot of the a lot of guys that that I brought aboard and I signed, and those are great memories for me, you know. And but we influence, uh, show you the influence that Conrad's group here has we did a show uh several months ago about the plane ride from hell and uh, the guys that produced and created Vi- the uh, dark side of the ring on vice thought it was amazing they just loved that show and that mat- 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 articulated as hank strand would say right on down the field boys uh 22 power trap uh so i i uh yesterday i spent 4 hours with the dark side of the ring guys here in my home in Florida, uh, and talked about, uh, the, the, uh, plane ride from hell. I told him in the beginning, I said, I don't like this topic. I don't like remembering this bullshit. It was a bad day at the office. It was one of the darker days in my reign as a reigns, not a good word, but my tenure as a head of talent relations, but it's going to make a hell of a special for, uh, the dark side of the ring that was spawned by what they heard Conrad and I talking about. Uh, on this podcast so you know i go back and look at uh i i I get enough information i get enough uh, memory and i'm not so old yet that i can't remember a lot of crazy things uh and that like we recording we did earlier today i remembered a couple of things regarding that period of time that i went back and brought forward because it just popped in my mind oh yeah i remember that so it's uh it's really fun you know it's really fun and it's but the notes are imperative. You know, I think the first time I got notes from Conrad, I printed them on my, uh, I was in Oklahoma. I got a studio in Oklahoma as well. And thanks to Conrad. And I, uh, uh, I, I, I printed the notes and I thought the goddamn fax machine was never going to (laughs) stop. How long is, what are we doing here? How long is this this going to be like a five hour podcast? What are we doing? But it was all beautiful information. So it's all thorough. It's all logical. It helps. It helps to jar my memory, and then I can supplement that jar of memory by going back and looking at video, which really kind of puts the cherry on the sundae and lets me be able to recall some information
0: that apparently uh, has been a hit with the audience. Conrad, um, I wonder, from your perspective, how maybe you instinctively know this, but um, how much? How much did you think this could be successful because Jim had no ties uh, to WWE when you guys started? Obviously, since uh, you know Jim now works for AEW, you guys sometimes at the top of the show will certainly mention what's going on with AEW. But this is not an AEW recap show at all. Um, and that obviously became tricky for you on the Bruce podcast and the Eric podcast. Because during this podcast run, both those guys did indeed go back to WWE and were paid by them. And even though I understand that you guys are talking about things in the past, I think it's just human nature to pull a little bit of punches. If you're being paid at that time by the organization you're talking about. So from your perspective, I would think that because Jim had no longer formal ties to WWE, this would be another reason and WCW for that matter. Like this would be another reason why this podcast would be successful.
2: I totally agree. I mean, What people want is authenticity. What people want is, you know, your unfiltered truth. And that doesn't mean we want to be disrespectful or or we want to discredit anyone, but we do want to be honest. And I think that is super relatable and it's what people are enamored with. You know, what really happened, not what they want us to think happened, but what really happened. And Jim was not cautious about sharing his version of events. And, And that has certainly been a big piece of our success.
1: I think what we're finding out here, Richard, is the fact that our fan base, our, our listener base, uh, they have so much more background information than any other generation has ever had. And so you just can't phone crap in. You gotta, you gotta be authentic. As Conrad said, we're always honest. If I don't know something, I don't remember something. I'll tell him but I don't mind. I don't mind, uh, you know, not having every answer or every, you know, knowledge of everything that happened 20 years ago or whatever it may be, but you'd be surprised because I lived it and I was there and I was very emotionally invested in what I was doing for a living. That a lot of those memories just need to be kind of jarred and, and crack that door open where we can get back into, uh, that point in time. But the fans, I think they, they don't want just, just BS anymore. They want honesty and they want authenticity. And I'm I'm one of the guys. Because of my journey, been lucky that, to have experienced a lot of that. Whether it be in WCW or Mid South Wrestling or Jim Crockett Promotions or Vince working for Vince, or whatever it may be. <clears throat> Pardon me. And now working for Tony Khan, uh, it's just a uh, there's a lot of experiences there. And we try to be objective. You know, it, it look, every idea it can't be great. Every every booking concept is not going to be a, the big hit of the day. But you got to be able to point that out and what was good about it and what probably was the downfall of it or whatever it may be. And it's simply my opinion. I like to think it's an educated opinion and I try to be objective and not insult the audience, but they demand, uh, you know, they demand the, the involvement, they demand the detail that we provide in our show. Pardon me. And, you know, we talk about, you know, hell we'll throw in some football and during football season, more often than not. You know, Conrad's a big Alabama guy and, and I'm a big Oklahoma guy. And there's, a, there are, those are two of the most prominent college football programs in in existence, uh, and at least in our opinion. And so we talk about that. We talked some little bit of a news of the day, things of that nature. So, uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a variety show in a lot of ways. We try to have fun. We laugh. We, you know, I, I tell lame jokes and things of that nature, but the bottom line is, is that Conrad has got the ball and I follow him and I, 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 love being not the lead guy, uh, you know, even though that's been my role on TV, the play by play guys was the lead guy. And uh, so we just, we figured out something here and we figured out what our audience likes and we're going to do a better job of continuing to provide that as we move forward.
0: Yeah, Connor. congrats on the 17 Alabama wide receivers who should go in the first round of the uh, NFL draft <laughs> this year. Well,
2: uh, thank you very much. Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the, the and the Orr! it's played. Tinelli, Neister, Before it's frozen in time,
1: it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
0: So, Jim, I want to just stick with you on one thing. One of the things um, in listening to the podcast that really stood out with me was your honesty when it came to um, some of the things where Vince really was just a total dick to you. I'm just going to be blunt. Um, and the other one that I remember, um, was your honesty about the ultimate warrior. And even though the ultimate warrior has passed, you were really honest with the audience in terms of like, this was not a very good guy to work with. And so, you know, I knew when I had you on this week, I just wanted to ask, like, did, did, did you, when you're in the middle of taping this stuff, like, do you hesitate for a second before you go to a certain place? Or are you like, Hey, at this point in my life, I'm just going to deal my truths, and if people get pissed off at me saying something about these people, they got to live with it.
1: Pretty much that, Richard. I, I, I don't have a filter. And sometimes that can be a blessing and it can be a curse. But uh, you're always going to get honesty. And you know, I knew that for a for long time, Ultimate Warrior fans, my uh, little diatribes and my descriptions of my experiences working with, with uh, Jim Hellwig were not very positive just being honest about it, he was difficult to work with. And, uh, I think that was, you know, he, he got, he was in the right place at the right time and the creative, uh, I guess at WrestleMania six, I think it was with him and Hogan was that six, I think it was That's right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was there when all this stuff went down, not that one, not six, but he was a uh, warrior. was the right place, right time. But you know, he was probably one of the more unpopular guys in the entire locker room. And you know, back in that era, uh, the information flow that we're discussing right now did not exist. So uh, being able to share those experiences, I knew would alienate me from some of the warrior fans. But you know, look, you know, uh, as uh, old Jack Nicholson said one time, you know, you can't handle the truth, then don't listen. Wait till next week. Maybe we have a topic you like better. But well, we haven't had too many complaints. Uh, that I'm aware of Conrad on on saying things because I don't, we don't go out of our way to gut and quarter the people, but we do tell the truth. And again, if you can't handle the truth, uh, talking about one of your favorites, uh, then maybe we're not the show for you right on. I don't hate to say that, but we're going to be honest and we're going to be controversial and I, I, I want to, we're going to stay that way and there's no rehearsing. Okay. Now, JR, you say this and I'll bring this up and we'll segue to that. You know, we, Conrad and I have yet to have a production meeting. We don't, we don't. Okay. Let's have a huddle before we go on the air. Now we'll, we'll, we'll shoot the breeze before we start, start recording, but it's not strategy. It's just catching up with the news of the day in our lives. I'm, I'm concerned about Conrad and his life. I I'm interested. And, you know, I known his wife since they were, she was young. And, uh, of course her father is my oldest friends crazy. He's a, he's a, he's middle-aged and crazy. We all know that, <laughs> but we say that in a lovable way, you know, he, nature's the nature. So, and i Hey, look, I've, i said some things. I'm sure that, uh, get back to Rick, you know, he would, he would call my hand on it, but normally he understands what we're doing and we have a way at the end of the show to make everybody somewhat whole. You don't want to leave a show with, with a huge negative, impact there's, are there no redeeming social qualities in this individual? Well, of course there are, it may take a little longer to find them. It may take a little bit of effort to create that uh, dialogue, but it's always there. Everybody, nobody's totally bad, but, uh, Warrior was the closest thing to being totally bad that I can recall. <laughs>
0: uh, just so the audience knows, Conrad is married to. Did, did your wife pronounce her name Megan Conrad or Megan? That's right. Look at Megan. Right? Megan. Yeah, I thought yeah. so, yeah. They, most people, I'm sure, would just go Megan. So that's Megan Flair, who is uh, the daughter of rick Flair. And I think anybody listening to this podcast probably knows who Ric Flair is.
2: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
0: some business stuff, Conrad. I know some of this is proprietary. So, you know, if if there's a place you don't want to go, I understand. I'll ask you sort of some large scale questions because I think it gives people an interesting, um, an interesting look at, at this podcast. Um, roughly how many downloads do you guys average per episode?
2: 200,000 ish.
0: And in terms of growth, uh, can you give us a sense of like what that growth is? Let's say like on a year over year or, or from six months ago?
2: I think Jim's highest rated show in 2018 did around 54,000 and uh, we debuted with uh, 110. So we doubled it right out of the gate and we've, we've grown it steadily ever since. But if I'm honest with you, the real growth is not download wise. It's financially, we found a way to effectively monetize the podcast through, uh, you know, relationships with advertisers and agencies, but also, you know, different little, ancillary arms you know we, we don't just have one way we make money on the podcast there's five or six and that's where the real growth has has affected our show
0: so in terms of like growth is that like do you consider ad free uh ad free shows like sort of the an ancillary way that this podcast has has grown i mean at a certain point you can do events when COVID is over yes but you can't let's say you can't do that right now obviously
2: yeah so we did live shows i mean last year this time Jim and I were all over Europe, uh, doing, uh, four or five shows, I think. That's right. Yep. Uh, anyway, so we usually did at least one live show a month, sometimes two. And then we did that one European tour. We would also do merch. We sell hats and t-shirts and mugs and koozies and everything in between. That's all print on demand stuff. We use a uh, Shopify as a back end there. And, uh, we also sell ads directly instead of. You know, cause here's the thing. If you're advertising with Westwood one, you probably have an existing relationship with an ad agency, but how does a mom and pop who, or, or a local business owner or a startup website, if they're not already established with a, a national agency based out of you know Chicago or LA or New York, how do they advertise with us? Well, they can buy directly from us from a little landing page we built called advertise with Conrad. So we've got a guy who's making direct sales for us. We've also got monetized YouTube channels where we're posting clips of our shows. Uh, we're selling ads through Westwood one. We're selling ads direct. We're doing live events. We're doing conventions. Uh, and our primary focus really is JR has his own website and I have mine. JR sells, as you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, a lot of different sauces and, and goods that are of a condiment fashion, but he also sells autographed books because he has not one, but two bestsellers now, and I have the mortgage company, so we probably do as well or better from our promoting our own separate business than we do through the actual podcast. So there's again, a half a dozen different ways that we found to monetize the shows.
0: So Jim, I wanted to ask you this. Can you, you're not going to give me the money obviously, but can you just give me a sense of, um, of how your other businesses have grown since your partnership with Conrad started? Well, significantly.
1: Yeah. A lot of people are, are finding my website, as Conrad so kindly mentioned, uh, jr's bbq.com where we sell my family's, the line of condiments that my mother and, and my late wife, Jan started and created. Uh, so I kind of keep that rolling in their honor, but all of a sudden it became more than a vanity project. It became a, a source of uh, income. You know, our, my, our, my site last year did about, uh, between four and $500,000.
0: Wow! Hey, nice.
1: Yeah, so we're just doing well, and uh, I'm lucky. I'm very blessed, and I'm very. I have a lot of gratitude for the fans that support that. But we sell a good product. If we so, you know, crappy sauce, or or whatever, ketchup, mustard, a uh, seasoning, whatever it may be, if it was not good, they'd buy it once and they'd move on. You know, so we we supported Jr., but I just didn't like the sauce. We don't ever get that. It's all good stuff, and but it's been, it's grown uh, tremendously. So, uh, because it's just, it's just grassroots marketing and Conrad has a knack for that. And I think that Conrad being, uh, still being the fan that he is, is, uh, absolutely, uh, priceless for us because he he thinks like a fan. He thinks like our audience, uh, you know, we've done shows where I've, I've got a Conrad, said we're going to do this. We're going to do that, whatever. And I may in my mind's eye without peeing on his campfire, uh, think, eh, I don't know how that's going to be. And you know, we did a show here a while back on Bob Holly and, I, uh, and, and I've known Bob forever, but I never looked at him as a primary topic for a podcast, even though it did really, really well because it, the topic had not been overdone. So he's got a good feel for that. And he still thinks like a fan and as long as he can continue to do that and, uh, I can continue to carry my share of the water on the other side. Uh, we're gonna continue to grow and and uh and and continue to monetize this brand. If I was not working in AEW, uh, and Tony Khan has been very, very wonderful, the guy the family that owns the Jaguars and yep, yep. they're soon gonna own uh what's that kid's name from Clemson?
2: Trevor Lawrence. It's Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah. yeah, I
1: should remember that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh you know, they're they're great people to work for. But if I wasn't doing that, I'd have no trouble making a really good living doing nothing but the podcast. That's great. So I'm, I'm lucky there, Richard, quite frankly, to have Conrad – to be on Conrad's team, quite frankly.
0: Conrad, um, again, you know, I'm not asking for the numbers here, but sort of for more the, the philosophy of it so others can – learn from it in many podcast situations like including mine you you have an agreement with a podcast company and there's like a revenue share basically like you know somebody ads are sold and then you as the talent gets a percentage of that sale and the company um a lot of times in the podcast company's uh position you know does the distribution and the sale and then they keep a certain uh revenue and that's the split revenue revenues are split whatever the percentage is does is for you and the people who are associated with your show, the Bruce's and the Eric's and the J.R.'s, is that a similar arrangement or have you come up with something that's unique and different in the podcasting space?
2: No, we have that arrangement. uh, And we've been able to, based on the strength of some shows, negotiate a greater split. And we've also been able to negotiate some radio support. Uh, our, Our sort of back end, quote unquote, is Westwood one who happened to be, one of the largest radio companies in the United States. So they have all these terrestrial radio affiliates. So part of our deal is we get a, a nice portion of the ad sales, but they also run some promos in those markets. So we'll occasionally, at certain times of the year, uh, start seeing text messages and tweets and things like that online. Hey, I just heard your commercial promoting uh, Grill and JR in Sheboygan or wherever. Right. Uh, and they assume that we have bought an ad schedule in that market to promote our show to that market. But that's not actually true. That's trade from our support, our partner, Westwood one. And and they have, as you know, stations all over the country. And they use unsold
1: inventory. So it's a really, a a combined team effort. Yes. They, they use unsold inventory and they find a spot for us. It's like doing a PSA or something, public service announcement. So they, they invest in promoting our product because they have a vested interest in the more more money they create, the more money they keep.
0: Here's the final two for me guys. And I appreciate your time. This has really been interesting to me. Conrad, the one thing that you've done is I think you've, you were able to identify people who really can bring interesting stories and memories and opinion over an extended period of time. These podcasts now are multiple year podcasts. None of these are just basically, um, you know, short series podcasts. We're now talking, you know, for the Bruce podcast, a number of years. Um Our fifth year. Yeah, fifth year. So, you know, I was thinking like when I was going to talk to you today, like, you know, is there anybody out there like who could be who could be your next person? And like while I think like on like big name alone, like a Hulk Hogan podcast or a Sting podcast probably would be a big hit to start. I don't know if I don't know how it would be a year after the fact, but you know, just brand name alone, those guys would be huge if they were willing to go to, you know, honest and interesting places, but like, do you, and you don't necessarily have to like mention the person, but do you, are, are there still people out there you believe who have you decided to invest more time in, you could create another successful offshoot of, uh, of this podcasting network that you have?
2: Real quick, I want to say, I did what you talked about with the whole Hogan sting thing. I did it with the Ric Flair show right? and I tried twice and it just didn't have legs for a variety of reasons, but that's not the direction I want to go. And yes, I do have two names that I would love to do podcasts with. I don't know that either are technically able right now, but as their circumstance changes, uh, they will be getting calls from a two, five, six (laughs) phone number. And that's Paul Heyman and Jeff Jarrett. That'd be great. And yeah. A lot of wrestling fans get really excited about the idea of Paul Heyman. And I've had a lot of people sort of groan when I mentioned Jeff Jarrett. But when you really take a look at what his story has been. Yeah.
0: Think of his dad. It's an amazing that could, never ending stuff there. It's great.
2: Multi-generation guy growing up in the territories, not just in Memphis, but also the whole Dallas thing. And then going to work for Vince, walking out almost becoming a horseman for WCW, coming back, cutting a promo on the biggest star in the business and saying his biggest piece of merch that the company ever sold is blasphemous. And then allegedly holding the company up for money and losing the belt to a lady and going he, did.
1: he did hold up the belt company for money.
2: <laughs> well, there's just so much. I mean, he was fired on national TV and then thought, okay, there's no place for me in the wrestling business anymore. I'll start my own and very quickly realizes Hey, I've been hoodwinked and I had, uh, somebody in my team misrepresent how many sales we really had and I'm, I'm about to be bankrupt. And the guy who he looks to, to bail him out just happens to be at the center of uh, an Enron type scandal, Richard Scruciate at HealthSouth, And then the, the PR person he hires to help bail him out of this mess happens to have parents who are billionaires. And then his wife passes away and there's a falling out with his dad. And he winds up falling in love with an Olympic gold medalist wife while they're still married. This is a, an unreal story, unlike anybody else. And if it was a movie, people would say, oh, that's fake. That could never happen. But it did. So my two names would be Paul Heyman and Jeff Jarrett. And sooner or later, they'll both be fired again. And that will represent an opportunity <laughs> for us. Oh,
0: that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, uh, Heyman's been on this podcast a number of times. That would be phenomenal. And I'm with you. I think Jeff Jarrett's story is fascinating, uh, just given how he grew up in grew up in the business. All right. This is the final question. Uh, and Jim, I'll start with you. Um, when you think about this podcast and, um, and whatever the next evolution is or how long you want to go, do you, do you anticipate you'll be, I mean, in your mind, does this have a shelf life or do you think, um, the, the prospect is, um, is as long as you want to go, if, as you know, if your health is good and your interest remains, I'm, I'm interested how you see what's sort of next for this podcast.
1: Well, no end in sight, Richard, we're, we're having the fun and we're making money, uh, our audience is growing every week. It seems like we, we got another number, another record. Uh, so no, I got, this is fun for me and, uh, it lets me create content. And I'm not in I, That's I'm, I used to be in that world all the time. I'm not anymore. I'm not, and that's not a complaint, but I think the sky's the limit. We're still going to grow. We're going to continue to produce stimulating conversation and, and talk things that are topical, you know, Conrad realized, as he said earlier on the calendar, a lot anniversaries, birthdays, you know, we have, there's a reason for every show. There's a reason for every show. Uh, you know, we just, we did a show about, uh, Rick Steiner recently, and I thoroughly enjoyed it because it brought back great memories and he's got a real cool journey why aren't the Steiners in the hall of fame, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so there's, there's the endless, if we're running out of topics, then I would be concerned, but we are not even, we haven't even scratched the surface. There's always a big story yet to be told and we're going to be the guys that are going to tell it in our own style. And look, Conrad and I don't always agree, but you know, unlike the internet, we don't curse each other out because we have a difference (laughs) of opinion. (laughs) You know, we, we do, we do, we do get along and we sometimes only the, on the air will have a, a, a nice difference of opinion, but it's done respectfully and I, how I think conversations should, should, should be, should be taking place. Uh, I just think that, uh, we get the skies that I said, the sky's the limit of being redundant, but golly, it's just, uh, you know, we just scratched the surface. And so, uh, as long as we can keep our team together and, Conrad's infrastructure continues to be very productive and they are, uh, you know, I'm going to do a thing on Thursday night. Uh, I don't want, this is going to air Richard, but on Thursday night, I'm doing a thing with uh, Conrad's ad free network where we go on and do a zoom call with, uh, m- members of a certain level, uh, on, uh, on zoom. And there'll be a whole bank of folks on, on the, on the screen asking me questions. That's smart. Yep. And and so I think with the thing that is when Conrad said to me, uh, several, several weeks ago that we're going to add video. Well, you know, I get, I have consternation about that because now I got to learn to do another damn, uh, function on a computer, not my deal, but, uh, you know, his, his people helped me through it. And like you did, you know, I got, a, I got a link and I learned, I'm, I know how to, to access you guys. <clears throat> so it's, uh. It's just that the video, I think, helped us a lot because people can see us converse. We're both on camera, which is can be daunting for two large uh, Southern men. Uh, you know, we could do a whole goddamn podcast just about barbecue, or football, or whatever. What did you have for lunch? That's how that's how well we communicate. So I think we're just getting rolling here, and it looks like the future is
0: bright. Karen, let me finish up with you. And it's the same question, but with just sort of one little uh, attachment to it. When you think about like the evolution, your prospects with Jim, do you think of it like separately as grilling JR as its own individual identity? Or are you always sort of thinking about all the different podcasts and, and where you want to evolve?
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about it in both ways. You know, I, I do want to be considerate when I'm mapping out the schedule for the year you know, because we sort of touched on the fact that I do touch on anniversary shows. That's a big primary function of our scheduling. I don't want Bruce and Jim Ross to cover the exact same topic, the same week. So for instance, we're almost upon WrestleMania season. So when Jim is talking about WrestleMania X seven, which most believe to be the biggest WrestleMania of all time, uh, we're going to have Bruce talk about WrestleMania 12, and I know the circumstance is WrestleMania 12 is the same weekend that Bruce got married. So that holds a different special place to Bruce than other WrestleManias. But X seven is Austin and, and Rock in Texas at the Astrodome. is on the call, biggest WrestleMania ever. That's going to be right in JR's wheelhouse. So there is something to consider with both shows because I'm thinking about the listener experience they're going to, what are they going to listen to in that particular week? So in that particular week, for example, uh, we're going to talk about Mr. Perfect with Eric Bischoff. And then the next day we're going to talk about the last Monday Nitro with Arn Anderson. And then the next day we're going to talk about, um, world championship wrestling, which was the Jim Crockett show, uh, that aired in March of 86 on the exact 35th anniversary. And then we'll cover. Uh, WrestleMania 17 with, um, with Jr and WrestleMania 12 with Bruce and that same day or the next day, we're going to cover WrestleMania 22 with Kurt angle. So there's an overdose of WrestleMania as we head into the weekend, which is going to have a WrestleMania happen. So I am trying to view it as what's best for Jr show, but also what's best for the network. So the listener experience is good all week. Conrad's the program director, Richard. Yes. He's the booker
1: he's calling the plays and it takes a load off me to not have to come up with topics. And so I, I'm always, I'm as surprised as anybody else at times about what or who we're talking about. But again, it it all seems to make sense once you you delve into it, because it's been, it's been created by somebody that is a, as a born marketer, is a great entrepreneur, but most importantly, he's still a fan. And the things we talk about are things that also engage Conrad. He wants to talk about these things, or he would have put on them on the board. Here, we're going to do this. Okay, cool. He's the booker. And he books me in these scenarios as he believes we will best produce. And uh, so we've got a great formula. I think it starts with communication and respect. Uh, you know, Conrad says, I can't record Thursday morning, I can recur, I, we, we, we do things where I'll say, well, how about Sunday morning or Conrad will say, how about Sunday morning? Well, Conrad knows that's not going to bother me. And I know it's not going to bother him. If he's available, we're going to record. So it's just a real good synergy. Uh, you feel good about recording. I look forward to it. Every time we do it, we always get some laughs. We always have some fun because look, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, world peace. This is pro wrestling here and it's, it's a unique, it's a unique entity to say the very least. Uh, but we're having a damn good time bringing it to everybody and just can't thank everybody enough for, uh, for listening, you know, and, and investing their time and what we're doing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. It's been great from the jump Jim. I gotta be honest. When you start rambling, going off on politics, I love that it makes Conrad uncomfortable because he knows <laughs> he knows you, the, you. He wants your show to be agnostic and to relate to uh, both aisles. So I love the fact when you start going down there, you could hear could hear Conrad take a breath, try <laughs> you could hear the mind work, and He's like, I got to get Jim off. Yeah, so yeah, uh, he's good. He's good at that. Yeah. He moves no, but me. I really, he moves me off my
1: spot at times.
0: Yeah, you can. Sometimes you got to move the guy. Yeah, if you're going for a high spot, I, Conrad's got to take you off that. I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> Conrad Thompson is the host of um, of six fantastic podcasts: Something in Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, What Happened When with Tony Schiavone, The Kurt Angle Show, The Arn Show, and the reason we are here today: Grilling Jr. with Jim Ross. Jim Ross, of course, one of the iconic voices in the history of pro wrestling, calls uh, AEW on TNT for uh Tony Khan and that promotion which is so much fun to watch. He's also a best-selling author and head to jrsbbq.com. Um if you like this stuff um just google um ad-free shows and you can go very deep into uh grilling jr and get as Conrad and Jim both mentioned all this extra stuff uh if you want to be a super fan of the show. Uh Conrad and Jim thanks. I can't thank you guys enough. You know I'm, I'm a legit fan. Of what you guys are doing. And I wish you nothing but continued success. Thanks so much for joining me today on the sports media podcast.
1: It's been our pleasure, Richard. Thanks for having us on and, uh, we respect, uh, everything you're doing as well. We're all growing and contributing to grow the podcast space. <laughs> we are. And that's so, and I, I'm all for growing podcasting. And I think that the with COVID as it was, and it still is to a large degree, obviously, but where people were quarantined and, you know, I, I I have a home in Oklahoma. I've had it for you know forever, but I didn't go home. I was gone from Oklahoma from October till, uh, February. And then I got there and it was, it was going to be the worst weather week in the history of the state. And I left early. (laughs) I, I made my way out. Uh, so, you know, we, we just have so much fun doing this and, and, and we are so happy that you're doing well and, you know, you, you always have great guests, great topics are always prepared. And that's kind of what we do. We're going to mimic what you're doing as far as let's be prepared. Let's be entertaining. Let's, be, let's add some infotainment if we can and always be honest and, and straight up.
0: I appreciate that. Look at, look at Jim, putting me over Conrad. That was very nice of him. I love
2: it, man. We, we think the world of you can't thank you enough for having us on and look forward to coming back sometime soon.
0: You got it. Thanks guys. All right, back in the studio. My thanks to Conrad Thompson and Jim Ross. Uh, I really enjoyed that. That was uh, that was huge fun for me, given how much of a fan I am of their podcast. Uh, check out obviously their podcast, their um, all the stuff that they're doing. Certainly Conrad is doing on uh, his podcast network. Check out everything Jim is doing with AEW, as well as Grilling uh, Jr. Of course. If you like these kind of conversations, this wrestling one is a little bit different, of course. Head to the archives. Previous podcast before this, John O'Ran and I discussed the immediate future of the NFL on television. Before that, a long conversation with Steve Levy of ESPN about Monday Night Football. Prior to that, we did some ratings talk. Prior to that, Chelsea Janes of the Washington Post and Sportsnet's Donovan Bennett. And some more conversations with O'Ran. And we also had a roundtable with Rhiannon Walker and Britt Giroli of The Athletic and Jay McManus of Marist College about uh, sexual harassment that female sports reporters have to face. So there should be some interesting things if you're into sports media for you. If you head to the archives, please uh, give us a five-star review. And a nice note, that stuff always helps with my podcast company. Speaking of my podcast company, thank you to everybody at Cadence team from Patrick Cantonetti to Sean Cherry, to Chris Corcoran to Spencer Brown, and John McDermott. And of course, thank you to the audience for listening. We will see you again soon on the Sports Media Podcast.